As we continue this morning and thinking about growing and, and developing as, as followers of Jesus, um, God took me to Colossians chapter 2, and I want to start off just by reading those verses to you. Um, it's Colossians 2, 6 to 7, and I suppose you could call it requirements for growth. What do we need um, in order to keep growing as Christians? And it says this in verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So it, it feels like, you know, within those two short verses, um, is encapsulated the things that we're going to need if we're going to continue to grow um, as Christians, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And as I was thinking about growth and, and, and growing as a Christian, you know, I started to think about what are the requirements for growth. Even as you think about plants, what are the requirements for a plant to grow and remain healthy? Which actually is a bit of a joke um, because every plant I've ever had, I've managed to kill. So hope, hopefully that won't be the case um, in this session. But I was thinking about growing. Um, I'm a, I think I'm an expert at killing plants, actually. So uh, what, were the, what are the characteristics that we need to grow healthily? as Christians. And Paul says it here in this letter. He says, rooted and built up in him. And so I think it begins with healthy roots. If we're going to continue to grow, we need to have healthy roots. Actually, for another church, Paul prays in the letter to the Ephesian church, Paul prays that they would be rooted and established in love. That's his prayer for them. And I think it is as we understand, and we've been worshiping this morning, and we have been declaring it, and we've been singing about it. But as we get to understand the extent of God's love for us, and we allow the roots of our lives to be firmly planted in that love through our relationship with Jesus Christ, that that love begins to grow in our lives. That same love begins to grow in our lives. You, you know, we often, I mean, obviously, the love of God is something that we talk about all the time in the church and as Christians, we talk about it. But sometimes I think we, talk, you know, it's like everything that you talk about a lot, sometimes you start to take it for granted or you don't really get a sense of how amazing it is, the extent of his love for us, but also the fact that that love, that same love is produced in us. You know, it, it was just a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about that and I was thinking like, God, it, it's even more amazing. It's amazing that you love me the way you do, but it's even more amazing that the love that I get to express is the very same kind of love. It's not a different kind of love. It's exactly the same kind of love. You know, when you love your children or your grandchildren or your friends or, you know, you reach out to someone and it, it's the same love and that we as humanity can actually live in a place where the very love of God is flowing through us 
is an amazing thing, that it's an amazing privilege that we have, that as we have strong, healthy roots, understanding the extent of his love for us, that then that love begins to flow in us and through us. I've been rereading some of Oswald Chambers' writings at the minute, um, for those of you who don't know, he's a, you know, an old writer, but he has got such wisdom, and I've been going back to it. And he, he said this, and it really caught my, caught my heart. He says, what God is in the large, we are in the little. So it's just, you know, that, so, so we get to taste something of who God is and of his love. We actually get to taste it and live it out in our lives, but we can only love others and we can only live in that place of love when we get to understand the extent of God's love for us because that's what the word of God says, that we love because he loved us first. And this is, it's so basic, but that's what roots are. Roots, roots are about giving you something that gives you strength for the long haul. That, that we are not going to be um, blown about. We're not going to be shifted. We're going to stay rooted in God's love. And unfortunately, many of us tune our ears so much more readily to the lies that Satan would speak into our, our lives than we ever tune our ears to hear what the word of God says. That's why I love that song where we declare, I am who he says I am. And we will only get that when we start to choose to believe what God's word says about our relationship with Jesus, about the extent of his love for us. And we start to believe that rather than the lies of Satan where he constantly bombards us with that we're not enough, that we, you know, we're not worth loved, we're not worth being loved. And, and all of the other lies that he piles in in our minds and our hearts. And I would say this morning, let's be quick to recognize those lies, to declare and say that they are what they are and, and choose to believe God's truth over that so that our roots go deep down into the love of God, so that, that our root system is healthy and strong. Again, I read this recently. It's a guy called Robert Foster, and he says this, the man who concentrates on the root system of his life, is going to bear fruit upward. But if he concentrates on the appealing foliage, he may end up a rootless failure. So what he's saying is we need to concentrate on making sure that our roots are healthy because if our roots are healthy, we will bear fruit. We will bear fruit. That That's just it, it's just going to happen so let's pay attention to our roots where are your roots going this morning what are your roots going into is it going into the love of God understanding the extent of his love for you is that what you're getting your purpose and meaning from in your life because if your roots are going into anything else it won't produce the fruit that you were designed to produce and I find this a constant challenge because sometimes I have to think, you know, where are my roots? Are they continuing to be drawing from this incredible grace of God in my life? Because if our love or if our roots are in the wrong soil, then we won't produce fruit. 
And as Christians, it's easy to let your roots go into things like the soil of obligation. You know, I'm a Christian, so I ought to. I'm obliged to. Or it can be even into the soil of resolve. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for Jesus if it kills me. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm really going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a loving person. I'm going to be a joyful person. I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to do it. And, and it can be that soil of resolve. It can even be, I'm going to live for Jesus because, you know, it's the soil of needing others' approval. You know, they'll see me doing my very best and they'll approve of me. All of those things will fail us. They will all fail us if our roots are going into the wrong, wrong soil. In fact, we'll end up, you know, if you know the story of the prodigal son, we'll end up like the older brother in that story where, you know, his response whenever the father was celebrating the return of his youngest son was, you know, I have slaved for you and you never. And you know, sometimes as Christians, if we're doing it because we feel we ought to, we're gritting our teeth, we're going to do it. If we're doing it for those reasons, then we often end up in a place where we go, God, you haven't come through for me. You haven't answered my prayer. You haven't done the things that I expected that you would do. I have slaved for you and you owe me, God. You owe me. I've been there. I've been in that place where I've, you know, been praying some things and felt like the Lord didn't answer and I'm going, God, look, you know, I've been doing my best here. You know, I've, I've been trying to follow you. I've been trying to live for you. I'm, I've been doing my best. But you haven't, you haven't done your best for me. And I felt like God owed me something. And we need to deal with those issues. I always remember... Um, being at Spring Harvest many years ago and uh, being part of the ministry team and they always pair you up with somebody, you, you know, that you maybe haven't met before, you don't know. And I was paired up with a younger guy and he was from Salvation Army background and he was wonderful and, you know, I was enjoying meeting him and praying with him. And one of the evenings, a, a young guy came to us to be prayed for and he looked very sort of hangdog and down in the dumps. And we said, well, how can we pray for you? And he, he said, well, he says, I just don't really feel that God loves me. I mean, I know that everybody says he loves me, but I just don't feel it. Well, everything in me, you know, I am a mommy. So everything in me wanted to put my arms around him and go, oh, there, there, God really loves you. He really does. But my friend sort of pushed me out of the way, grabbed the young lad by the shoulders and went, Jesus died a bloody death for you. What else do you want him to do to show you that he loves you? <laughs> and I, then I said, can I hug him now? <laughs> but you know, I learned an important lesson that day. It really, it really impacted me and it stayed with me. If, if we measure God's love for us, by, and it comes back to what Paul said this morning about we can't expect a trouble-free life. If we measure the extent of God's love for us by nothing bad ever happening to us, then we will be disappointed. 
But the only measure of God's amazing, wonderful, unending love for us is the cross. That, that if you're in doubt about it this morning, that's where you need to come back to. If there is disappointment there, if there is a bit of disillusionment or disappointment there, it's the cross you need to come back to and stand and go, Jesus, this is what you did for me. And this is the only measure of your love for me. And should that be the only thing he ever does for you? Which, of course, he will do so much more. But if that was the only thing he ever did for you, then you stand in this place of being immeasurably loved. Immeasurably loved by God. And it's that's where our roots need to go. It's in light of God's amazing, undeserved, sacrificial, pursuing, transforming love that we are to define love. And then as a result of that, we can freely give it. I just would ask you to take a moment this morning and say, where are my roots this morning? No matter how long you've been a Christian, where are my roots? Are they going into the love of God for me? Is that where I'm rooted this morning? Sometimes when I'm speaking, I just feel like the Lord gives me a word of encouragement for people. I'm hoping it's a prophetic word of encouragement from his heart. If I do it, please pray over it and make sure it is what the Lord's saying to you. It is hard for me to see, but I just sent, there's a young lady in the second row and you're bang slap in the middle. Yep. (laughs) You know, as I'm talking about this roots, I just feel like the Lord is saying he has given you good roots. And you need to know that the roots that you have in terms of your Christian walk, they're healthy roots. I think sometimes you have a tendency to think, you know, am I growing as I should? Am I developing as I should? And it's a wee bit like if we have a plant, if if I have a plant pot, every now and again I look at it and think, oh, maybe that's not doing too well, and I'll grab it up and have a look at the roots. Um, and, And of course, that's what kills it. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, you don't need to do that. You don't need to keep on sort of hauling, hauling your, your life up and having a look and saying, making sure your roots are healthy. I just feel as if the Lord wants to give you a sense of you've got good, healthy roots. And all you need to, to do is to let those roots go deep down into God's love for you. I feel like he's planted you and he's bringing a st- has brought a stability into your life. Even from, you know, your background and everything, God is saying, I've given you good, strong, healthy roots. And as a result of that, that you are going to be able to grow in confidence in what God is doing in your life. And that confidence will be infectious. I think that confidence will infect others as they look at you and they'll, you'll wonder why people want to have a chat with you and talk with you because it's, they'll see something in you because of your rootedness and that will give you an ability to share that with others and help them also to have healthy roots. So your roots are good and your roots are strong and God is challenging all of us to make sure that our roots stay healthy because they're going in to the love of God. Actually, Grace, you know, we've just met this morning and that's definitely, you know, part of your ministry. I feel like you've got a root ministry. Actually, that, another word for root is radical. And I think you've been radical from you were little. Um, you know, in some ways, some, sometimes people didn't quite know what to do with you. Um, but... <laughs> But, but the radicalness is about rootedness. 
And from you were quite young, you had a confidence that surprised people. But God put that in you because your ministry was always to go and to help people find roots. We are living in a rootless generation. And so your ministry is to help people find their roots and then to allow the roots to go down into this amazing love of God. And I feel too that sometimes with roots, you need to put a bit of manure around them to help them to grow, to get the right nutrients. So I, th I think that God is saying, you know, don't be afraid of presenting the challenging truths as well as the amazingly wonderful truths that God loves us on. But I think God has given you ability, your grace by name, and I think God has given you the ability to wrap some things that are difficult to hear for this generation particularly, um, challenging to hear for this generation, but he'll give you the ability to take those truths and wrap them in a grace package so that, that, that it really does, because they need both. They need the truth and they need the grace. And God is wrapping the truth in a grace package in you. And, and you will see many, many lives transformed as they find their roots, and grow their roots and make them healthy and strong. So it is a challenge for all of us that we will maintain a healthy root system that goes deep down into the love of Christ for us. And then the second thing I think that healthy plants need is they need flowing sap. They need sap that's flowing right through the plant to every part of the plant to keep it growing strong. Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples before he went to the cross in the upper room, he uses that metaphor of the relationship that he wants to have with us is like a vine, that, that he is the vine and we are the branches. He, he begins to describe the relationship that he wants to have for us. It's in John 15. And what he says is, I want you to remain. I want you to rest. I want you to abide in the vine. I want you to live in this place. If you've ever seen a vine, it's not like a tree where you can define the trunk and then here are the branches. With a vine, you don't really know where the trunk ends and the branch begins. One flows into the other. And that's the kind of relationship he wants with us. He wants that flowing relationship. We're resting in that relationship. We're abiding. We're living in it on a, on a daily basis. It's a close relationship. Jesus said, you know, the Father and I are going to come and we're going to make our home with you. Again, that blows my mind. I could sort of understand if he was saying, you come to us and make your home in us. Jesus says, the Father and I are going to come and make our home with you. That is the most amazing, that, that, that Jesus would feel comfortable in my life. That he would feel comfortable there. And that's the kind of deep, intimate friendship that he calls us to. And so, if we're going to produce fruit in our lives, that's what Jesus said, if you want to produce fruit, you've got to remain, abide, stay in this relationship. You've got to tend your relationship with Jesus on a daily basis. I mean, again, probably from experience, it doesn't take very much neglect for a, you know, a plant to die. Um, I, we changed our garden several years ago and because neither Paul and I are gardeners um, and so we just put in a patio and it does look a bit bare so I you know, put a few patio 
plants around the place. And, um, and with traveling sometimes, you know, you'd think with all the rain we get in Ireland, it wouldn't be a problem. You know, it's the thing we'd, we'd live. But it's amazing, just, a, you know, a, a week of neglect and you come back and all your replants are all shriveled up and, die, and dying. It doesn't take very much neglect of our relationship with Jesus for us to begin to feel that there's a distance between us. If I could plead with you about anything, those of you who are young believers, those of us who are older believers, I believe the greatest spiritual battle we ever face is maintaining and, and making sure that we are constantly tending to this relationship that we make time for it, that it is a priority in our lives. That there's, you know, I think sometimes we think there's going to be some optimum time in our life when, you know, maintaining that close relationship is going to become easy. I always thought that. I thought, you know, oh, if, if I was doing this, it would be easy to have a relationship with Jesus. If, it was, if I was doing that, you know, and, it's, you know, I was thinking, oh, once you became a grandparent, like, sure, that, what would they, they would have nothing to do all day and they'd have a great relationship with Jesus and it would, it would just be so easy. But I find it every step stage in my life, I've had to contend for that relationship. I've had to make sure that I keep, and I haven't always, but I have to make sure that I keep it a priority, that, that, I, that I'm constantly looking and, and just meeting with him and allowing the relationship to grow. Because sap carries water and nutrients to every part of the tree. And so Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you rest in me, you will bear much fruit. That's what he said. And so if we tend our relationship with Jesus, and I would say we do need to tend it every day. And some people, when you say that, go, oh, Priscilla, that's very legalistic. That's very legalistic. That's only, you're just saying that because that's part of your generation and, you know, God loves me, whatever. And that's true. He does. Paul and I would have a very strange relationship if we weren't communicating. You know, if, if we went through a day, wake up in the morning, live through a day, go to bed at night, and never say a word to each other. Like, how weird would that be? We are in relationship with Jesus, and we need to tend that relationship. And if we do tend it, Jesus promised to us, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. In other words... An apple tree doesn't stand in the orchard going, I must bear apples. I will bear apples. I'm gonna, I am going to definitely try hard to bear apples. That's what I'm going to do. It produces apples because that's what it was designed to do. You and I are designed to bear fruit. But the fruit comes as the sap flows to every part of the tree. And the sap flows to every part of the tree when we tend to the relationship. And so I would say to you, just challenge yourself afresh this morning. You know, how much time am I giving to my relationship with Jesus? And listen, you know, I love the fact that God relates to all of us as individuals. You know, you, he will relate to you in a different way than he, relates, than he relates to me. The things that will work in your relationship with the Lord may not work in my relationship with the Lord. We were laughing about it over dinner last night with Alison and Leo, and I had been quoting something to Paul because I love poetry, I, I love reading things like that, and something had really struck me, and I, I quoted it to Paul, and he went, 
I've no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and we have discovered that in our lives, you know, that as we have you've been pursuing our relationship with Jesus, we relate to him, you know, very differently. The things that feed Paul's soul are different to the things that feed my soul. And it's good to recognize that. And maybe even could I just make a play? This is, this is a husband and wife thing, but I think sometimes as wives we labor under this thought that, Really, our husbands aren't that spiritual. <laughs> that like, we've got this spirituality thing all sewn up. And I think over the years, I've had to learn that just we relate to God in different ways. And what works for one person won't necessarily work for another. In fact, when Paul and I were married at first, and we did the thing that you're taught to do in marriage preparation classes, you know, to pray together as a couple, um, it only lasted a couple of weeks because Paul said my prayers were long and boring. <laughs> and I said his were short and shallow. <laughs> so we had to find another way, you know, and... and You'll be glad to know we do still pray together, but we don't do it as a weekly sit down, pinch our nose and pray together because it doesn't work. Um, but you just have to find a way that works for you. But what the, my plea to you this morning is tend your relationship with Jesus because it's as you tend it, that sap will flow. It will flow. And as you start spending time with the Lord, then... And it's not about being legalistic. This is about an organic life that we have in Christ. And so as we tend that relationship, we will begin to bear fruit. And do you know, I read this little thing and I thought this was interesting. It said, I read that when the temperature drops below freezing, a tree will pull water through its roots to replenish the sap until the weather stabilizes. And that really made me think. So when the temperature drops, the tree goes into action and it pulls up water through its roots, which keeps the sap replenished until the weather stabilizes. You see, again, this comes back to what we were, Paul was talking about earlier. It's so important in the hard seasons of our lives to keep being replenished by the water of the word and the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit. It's in the hard seasons, in the difficult times that you need to press in. Those are the times when we are tempted to go quiet and walk away. You know, there's questions you have. You can't understand what God is doing. And we go silent. And too many have walked away. But it's in the hard times that you have to press in. You have to keep feeding your soul from what the word of God says, you have to keep opening up your spirit to the water of the spirit to let him come with that refreshment that he brings. We need to press into God when there are questions that we have that we don't understand. And actually that we might never get the answer to. That's the truth. What does the word of God say? It, it says he will give us a peace that is better than understanding. He'll give us a peace that is better than understanding. Some of you need to reach out for that today. That there are questions that you have, but God wants to come and give you a peace that is greater than understanding. He understands that there's some questions that you have. In fact, there's a young lad and you're sitting at the very end of the row. You have a mustard or a yellow sweatshirt on. And I just feel like the Lord really wants to 
say to you, he knows that there's some questions that you have. Um, and he loves the fact that he's given you a questioning mind. That, that is not a negative. That is a positive. And, and I just feel like this is a real season of learning for, for you um, and, and a strengthening of your faith and of your roots. And I feel like it's almost like the Lord, you know, that thing of, you know, come and let's reason together, says the Lord. I just feel like the Lord's really inviting you and saying, it's almost like you're, you can at times be afraid of your own questions. And God says, I'm not afraid of your questions at all. They don't, they, they, in fact, they delight me. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, let's talk together and reason together. I think there are some things that the Lord wants to show you and give you different perspective on. But I think that he also wants to teach you how that you can still live a passionate Christian life holding some uncertainties and that that's okay. And in fact, that will bring a strength into your relationship. And so he says, just come, let's reason together. There's some things we need to talk about. This is a very, this is a healthy thing. And I just feel like, you know, that there is a preparation going on in your life at the minute. Again, it goes back to this. There's, there, God's shaping you and forming you. And, and what's happening in this season in your life is so important in terms of what, what is up ahead. And so God says, don't rush past it. Take your time over it. Because what God puts into you at this season, you will look back and go, that was so vital for what I'm currently doing. And so for all of us, I feel like the Lord is saying, don't be, af don't be afraid in the hard times to press in with your questions. Don't go quiet. Don't walk away. Because you know it's in those seasons. It's in those seasons, those hard, hard seasons that we learn things that we couldn't learn any other way. I mean, I, recently I was praying for one, we have four girls, and I was praying for one of the girls, and I was saying, Lord, you can fix this for her. You can make this okay. I I'm, I'm her mom. I want to fix it. I can't fix it. You can fix it. And I was getting frustrated. And the Lord just said to me, he said, so you, you don't want her to learn some of the things that you've learned? You, you know, you, you just want her to sail through life and, and, and not face some of these things because that's how I taught you some things. You know, you g give me space to allow me to teach her some things too. And that's hard to hear as a mom because you want, you know, Paul always says you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. <laughs> so really our prayer for their happiness is really selfish because we want to be happy too. <laughs> But that's not always easy. I love that verse in Isaiah that talks about the treasures of darkness. Isaiah 45 verse 3. I'll give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you would know that I am the Lord. There's people all across this room, and you are carrying within you treasures of darkness. You've known what it is to be in those dark seasons. And God says, because of it, it's as a result of it that you have a treasure on the inside of you that you get to share with others. I don't, this, this lady, it was, I'm, I'm, the lights are shining in my eye. Was it the Pauline who talked to me at coffee time? Is, or is it, 
or is this another lady? I think it's a different lady. You've got, um, I was going to say you have a purple lanyard on, but everybody's got a purple lanyard on, so that's not very helpful. Um, you've, uh, oh, I don't even, you've, you've got lovely white hair. Um, yep, that's you. I just feel this treasures of darkness thing is really important for you. I feel like the Lord is saying there is a treasure on the inside of you that you don't always recognize. And that this treasure has fed your own heart and soul, but it was mined in some very, very difficult circumstances where you did learn to prove God and trust God and that your, your testimony is that he is good and he's faithful. And even though some of those things aren't totally resolved, you're still saying he's good and he's faithful. And God just wants you to know today, it's as I looked at you, I could just see this like a pirate's treasure trove, tro you know, chest filled with wonderful things. And that's what I can see. And that's on the inside of you. And God says, I didn't just put it there for you, but this is a season to give it away. I think God will bring people across your path and they will draw from that treasure. People who are also going through the hard times and that They'll draw from you and in the wisdom that, you know, that just in your in natural interactions with people, they'll draw that treasure out of you and that it will be very meaningful for them as well. So he just wants you to know that the treasure was mined in very difficult circumstances, but it will produce so much fruit in people's lives as it's produced in your own life. And what I say to this lovely lady it's true for all of you who have been through the hard seasons that if we allow him to God will use those seasons to produce something in us that could not be produced in any other time that we will when the temperature drops draw the water up to sustain us until the weather stabilizes again and so the sap will continue to flow even through the difficult seasons of our lives. And then finally, if a plant is to flourish, it's got to live in the light. It needs light. It needs sunlight to photosynthesize. And photosynthesis is a chemical reaction which uses the energy from the light, which it converts into carbon dioxide, and it's absorbed by the leaves into sugar. I knew those biology lessons would come in useful one day. <laughs> I wasn't very good at them, but I do remember about photosynthesis. We need to be living in the light so that the fuel from that will energize us to live for God. It says in 1 John 1 verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light. And you, God was really talking to me about that just last week as well. You know, this whole thing about walking in the light and going back to going through some of the hard times. And I said, you know, Lord, sometimes it feels like I want to walk in the light, but in the difficult times and in the hard times, it feels like I'm trying to navigate my way in the darkness. And you always feel that God's will for your life will be stepping into the light. 
But I've been reading Matthew and I've been reading about the crucifixion again and just been spending some time in Gethsemane where Jesus is crying out, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. And actually, Jesus walking into God's will for his life meant stepping into a darkness that he had never experienced before. So actually living out the will of God in his life meant stepping into a darkness. Sometimes you're living in a season that feels dark and you're wondering, where are you, God? But that God has allowed you to step into that because of his purposes for you. But you know what gives me hope? And the Lord reminded me of this week. In the Psalms, Psalm where, where David's saying, where can I go from, from your presence? God says to David, or he, David says to the Lord, even the darkness is as light to you. So if you are in a dark season, and I'm talking about living in the light, you can still live in the light. Because even the darkness is as light to the Lord. And do not assume that because things are hard at the minute and you're finding it difficult to navigate your way through, do not assume that you're therefore out of the will of God. God is with you. His light will shine even in the darkest places. He wants to reassure you today that he is with you, that he has not abandoned you, that you will, that you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Again, there's a young lady and you're, uh, you're just over from the pole and you're, you have a gray sweatshirt on. And you're sitting beside a guy who's a stripy jumper. So if you look, and it's quite a big stripy jumper. And he's, he's looking around and now he's nudging you. You know, that's it. <laughs> this is like a party game, isn't it? <laughs> Just, you need to know at the minute that the Lord is really with you. He's not only beside you, he's going in front of you and he's coming behind you. He says, I have got this. I am your strong tower. That you are walking through a difficult season at the minute. But it's, in a sense, the picture that's coming to my mind is slightly comical in that it, it's like a child in a fancy dress who's, who's dressed up as a strong tower and is kind of, you know, kind of walking funny. But God says, I am your strong tower. And you're maybe not, you know, we're not flying through this season. We're not flying through it, but we are walking through it. And you need to know I've got your back, but I'm also going in front of you. And I'm right here beside you. He just wants to give you that reassurance today that, you know, you haven't missed out on something or you haven't misheard him or got something terribly wrong. He's right here with you right now. And if you just keep on holding and you keep taking one step after another step, the valley will not last forever. It won't last forever. But he will make a way for you. So just keep walking. And so I think it's so important that we live in the light. It's what Paul the Apostle talks about, about walking in the Spirit. That's what, that's what walking in the Spirit is all about, that every day we're opening ourselves up and saying, 
Today, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me keep in step with your Holy Spirit. Whatever season of life I'm in, whether, you know, it's a time, it's a wonderful season, whether it's a difficult season, whether it's a challenging season, wherever I'm at in my life, Lord, today, let me keep in step with you. Let me walk with you because it's as we walk in the Spirit that we can deal with the sin in our lives, that we can feed that Spirit life within us and we can starve the things that would lead us to to doing things that would not please the Lord. And so if we want to fight that battle of sin and temptation in our lives, it is about walking in the Spirit. It's about being filled with the Holy Spirit every day. I love the fact that, you know, God comes and with his Holy Spirit and baptizes us and and we are filled to overflowing. I mean, Paul and I were Christians for quite a number of years before we really were open to that possibility. We, We... Our theology told us that, you know, everything that was available to us, we got at salvation, we didn't need anymore. But suddenly the Holy Spirit did ride into our lives in a new way. And it was the most amazing, overflowing experience that I don't ever want to forget, but I don't want to stay there. Because my problem is I leak. And so every day, it's about coming and saying, today, Lord, today, I need you to fill me. I need so that I can walk by your spirit today, so that I can live in the light today, so that wherever I go, I can be that beacon of light to others, that I can shine a light to others. And even as I say that, I just see like there's a great, there's a big torch um, shining over this gentleman's head. You are um, sitting it's the only way I can do it is by telling you who you're sitting beside. There's two men behind you, and they're on the back row of, of, this, of this section. Yes, if you tap him on the shoulders, he's got a cream jacket on. <laughs> I just see this huge torch in your hand. And I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, as you allow him to shine his light in your life, and you are filled on a daily basis by his Holy Spirit... You are a man that God sends out with a torch and it lights the way for others. Um, God says that his light is shining through you and and that you are not ashamed to, to say, you know, Jesus is my friend and he's my Lord. And I just feel like the Lord wants to really reassure you that the people that you're meeting in your daily week that they see the light in you and are drawn to the light. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, continue not to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And I just feel like as if you're unashamed. And sometimes the devil would try to get you to shut your mouth and not to say anything and make you think, well, they'll think I'm a bit weird. And God says, I just love the fact that my light shines through you. And that it will be a call to others, this is the way, walk in it. So continue not to be ashamed. Continue to hold up your head. You're a son of the King of Kings. And he wants to continue to let that light shine out of you because other people are going to find the right path because you're prepared to hold that torch. Keep holding the torch. And for all of us, as we finish today, it is that invitation to just, Take a moment's reflection and say, Lord, 
Where are my roots this morning? Where are my roots? Are they going down deep into the soil of your love for me? Am I really being rooted and established in love? Being secure in who I am in Christ? It's so important. Because if that isn't your identity, you'll keep trying to just reinvent yourself into somebody else's image and not into the image of who God created you to be. It is a rootedness when we know that we're loved. When we know that he shaped us and he's formed us and he wants to flow in us and through us and that he's working in our lives to change us, to make us more like Jesus, to produce that fruit of the Holy Spirit as we draw the sap up into our lives, even in the hard seasons. And you know, that's the thing. He is working on us and he's working to change us. You know, sometimes when we talk about God's amazing grace and his love and how he shaped us and formed us, recently I've, I've heard this a little bit in conferences and things and, um, and, and we're told, you know, and, and God loves you and he shaped you and designed you and you're just perfect the way you are. <coughs> Bad news, folks. You're not. I'm not. We are not perfect the way we are. But the wonderful thing is that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, shaping us and molding us, if we will allow him to, and making us more like Jesus day by day, so that we can live in the light, whatever our circumstances, and we can stand and declare that he is a good and faithful God. And so I want to give us a few moments just before we go to lunch, a few moments of reflection, a few moments as the band come and join me to just allow the Holy Spirit to come afresh. That water that plants need so desperately that we would just stand in his presence and say, come again, Lord. I need you to fill me today. I need you to fill me with that water of your spirit. I need refreshing, Lord. I have got a bit dusty. There are some issues here, Lord, that I, that I do want to deal with. Some issues of disappointment. Some issues of disillusionment. Some issues even of forgiveness. Lord, I need to deal with those things today, but I can't do it in my own strength. I need the help of your Holy Spirit to just let him come afresh just for these few moments. But you invite him. You invite him, you say, come Lord, fill me, water me, refresh me. I want my roots to go deep down into your love. If your roots have been, if you've transplanted them and put them somewhere else, let's get them realigned today. Realigned into his amazing love for us. Why don't you stand with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives. Thank you that we wake up in the morning into your love and we go to bed at night sleeping into your love. Your love surrounds us, Lord. 
Thank you for your Holy Spirit that fills us, that refreshes us, that empowers us, that continually reminds us that we are children of God. Thank you for your light that shines into our lives, Lord, and helps us to walk in right relationship with you. Lord, if there's anything this morning, anything that we have allowed to creep in, to block our relationship with you, we're just coming right now, Lord. And we just want to confess it. I want to say, Lord, we're sorry that we let that thing come between us and it's meant that we've taken a step back. We've taken a step back from tending our relationship with you. And Lord, we're sorry. And, and we're just coming right into your arms right now. Because we know those arms are always open. And even right now you're saying, when you confess your sin, I'm faithful. I'm just I'll forgive your sin and I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh God, we want to be people who live in the light. Because more than anything else, we want to take that light and shine it in a world that is broken and dark and hopeless. So Holy Spirit, would you come right now, right across this room? Right now, Lord, would you come? And we're asking you to fill us afresh. Fill my mind, Lord. Fill my body. Holy Spirit, fill my spirit. We want to be people who walk in the spirit. So move. Lord, even as we think about taking a refreshing drink of water to quench our thirst. You said on that day in the temple, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Lord, as thirsty people, we're coming to you today. And we're saying, I'm coming to you, Jesus, and I'm going to drink and receive your refreshing power in my life. So just take these few moments, drink him in, let him fill you afresh.